0: friends and welcome back to Shit That Scares Me. I'm your host, Teresa, and I am back. I posted an update back in, I think, July uh, that I would be back in a week. And here we are two months later and I'm just coming back. I honestly do not know how that happened. My mom has always told me that when you get older, time just sort of evaporates at a different rate and I never believed her until the last few years, but that's absolutely what happens. Good job, mom. You were right. Before we get started today, I wanted to just mention, um, I think that going forward, my episodes will still be bi-weekly, but I am moving them to Mondays. So rather than, you know, bi-weekly on Wednesdays, which was the original plan, that I haven't stuck to, uh, my episodes will be bi-weekly on Mondays. So you're getting an episode today. You'll have another episode on October 11th, just in time for the spookiest month of the year. Uh, we are back. So, so where have I been? If you didn't listen to my little update episode, I have been going through a lot of stuff. I mean, like, not like serious, but emotional stuff or anything. But I did quit my job. I was there for six years. So that was that was a big deal. Uh, Plus, I'm in school still. And summer is always extra, extra busy for me because I have a lot of family and they live far away. So we visit and, you know, we end up traveling quite a bit during the summer, which is exactly what's happened. You know, I started in April. Um, my fiance and I took a trip with my parents, my sister, my brother in law, their two kids. We all went to Disney World, which was what kind of set off the hiatus to begin with. And then, you know, we've been, we went away for the 4th of July and we've just been having a good time. So, but today I actually want to talk about Disney World. When we were there, Uh, My fiance and I didn't actually go to Disney. You know, it's an amusement park. I love amusement parks, but going to an amusement park with a bunch of little kids during a global pandemic did not sound like my idea of a good time. So we didn't go there. We kind of hung out at the resort and and did grown-up things, but it was great to see my uh, niece, who was four at the time, and my nephew, who was 10. All the stories that they brought home was really, really fun. But Disney is haunted. Like, super haunted. So, I wanted to talk about Haunted Disney World today. Before we start, I also want to give a disclaimer. I am a Disney person. Like, I know that Disney adults are weird, but I am one of those weird Disney adults, okay? I love Disney. I love princesses. I love all the movies. I watch all the movies. And even like, Now, as an almost 40-year-old woman, when I'm, like, really depressed and I need something happy in my life, I turn to Disney. Usually it's, like, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh or The Little Mermaid. I understand that these movies are problematic, that Disney as a company is problematic, that Walt Disney was very problematic. Um, You know, he was anti-Semitic, and Lord only knows what else I mean, he was born in 1901, so that means he was probably also extremely racist, extremely sexist, uh, just given the times that he existed in. So before you come at me with reminders that Walt Disney was a terrible person and he, you know, did all these terrible things, yes, I know. However, that does not stop me from enjoying the things that the man created. And as hard as it is for me to separate the individual from their art in normal circumstances. When it comes to Walt Disney, I just, I just can't like the spirit of Walt Disney is what gave us all of the cute, happy things that we have now. And I, I'm a sucker for it. So just want to put that out there before y'all are like, oh, hey, Disney's an asshole. Yes, I, I know I'm very aware anyway. So, a little bit of history about Walt Disney World. It officially opened uh, on October 1st, 1971 with the Magic Kingdom. If you pay attention to Disney news at all, they're getting ready to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the park being open. It's a big deal. Uh, so, that is this year. Now, when most people think of Disney World, they think of the Magic Kingdom. And a lot of people refer to the Magic Kingdom as Disney World, even though Disney World now encompasses, you know... Five parks and water parks and, or four parks rather, and water parks and hotels and the whole nine, the whole thing is Disney World. But so additional parks opened over the years and now you have the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. There are also hotels, vacation villas, restaurants, and the shopping center. Area that's called Disney Springs. Um, this is where you will find t- more restaurants, the biggest Disney store in the world, and plenty of opportunities to give Disney your money. Not that I, you know, begrudge them that. Disney Springs is really cool. And they also have, if you're a, a beauty lover like me, they have a really nice Sephora and a really nice Origins store. So, you know, go nuts. Disney also used to own a town. It's called Celebration Florida. I actually don't know if Disney is still involved in the running of this town. Um, I tried to look online, and it's it's murky at best. So uh, if you've heard of Celebration, it's definitely uh, worth driving around if you're in the area. It is very cute. Very small town America. Um, which means that it's also like... Very pretentious and very like, if you live in celebration and you own a house in celebration, you can only paint it certain colors. You can only do certain things with your lawn. It's, it's like one of those places, but it is very aesthetically pleasing and they have really cute, like ice cream shops and it's just very cutesy. Um, now there have been stories about haunted Disney theme parks for decades, basically since Walt died. Supposedly, Walt haunts Disneyland. There's He has an apartment on Main Street USA that there are stories about the apartment and there are stories about him in the Haunted Mansion, but because we're talking about Disney World today, we won't go into that. So the first haunted place that I could find is actually the Pirates of the Caribbean. Or Caribbean, however you say that. Prior to the ride being reimagined, um, you know, a decade or so ago to add Johnny Depp into um, certain areas, I had never heard about the ride being haunted. But, you know, you add all these new animatronics and you switch things around and all of a sudden there's ghostly activity. And supposedly, the ghost's name is George, and he's supposed to be a worker that was killed during the ride's original construction. There's no evidence to back that up. It's like a Disney urban legend, but now, when workers go in to turn the ride on in the morning, they have to say good morning to George, and at night, they have to say good night to George. And if they don't engage in these rituals, the ride will break down, they will have issues. Now, if you've never been to Disney World, the Pirates ride is what's called a dark ride. Riders get in these little boats, and they float around in this murky black water. It's not very deep. Like, if you fall out of the boat, you're not going to drown. Um, But there's, I think, like, eight, six or eight riders to a boat, and it's on a track, and it goes through these scenes um of, like, a pirate's life. They go to like Tortuga um, and there's a scene with animatronics singing songs and there's a, a wife auction and there's a drunk guy sleeping in a pig pen and they took a lot of these elements and actually put them into um, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But Um, it's just, it's cute, and the pirates sing songs, and there's, like, a battle scene, and it's, it's fun. Um, I don't find it very scary. I don't, I don't think I ever have, but, um, some people find it very scary. There's a lot of elements in this that can go wrong, obviously, with the singing and the animatronics and, and whatever. There's also lighting and timing and the currents moving the boats and the sound, so, when cast members don't do what they're supposed to do and say good morning or good night to George, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong, and they say that it does. Allegedly, George also gets upset if a guest on a ride disrespects him or claims not to believe in him, and he will stop the ride if that happens. Uh, there are people all over the internet who claim that this is true, but people can put a lot of things on the internet that is not true. All of this stuff about George is most likely an urban legend. I find it fun all the same. There are rides where people did actually die that I'll get to in a minute. Next is the Haunted Mansion in Liberty Square, which is my most favorite attraction in any Disney park ever. Obviously, I'm very into creepy shit, and this ride, even as an adult, is creepy. I have been on this ride dozens of times and it still creeps me out every time. The exterior even like the exterior of the building, the way the building looks, there's also an antique hearse out front of the building and creepy things like in the line that you can look at and lots of little details that up the creep factor because obviously it's Disney and they they are really good at at details. They've also done a lot with optical illusions and lighting Um, there's a part in the beginning where a room, um, you feel like it's stretching. It's just, it's so cool. I love it so much. Now, allegedly, there is a little boy that haunts this ride. In 2004, a guest took a photo of the line of, you sit in these little cars, they're called doom buggies, and you're in this little car going through, um, the whole ride. And this individual, took a photo of the line of doom buggies as they were queuing up to go through the ride. And in front of her, she saw, the when she had the photos developed, because 2004 there weren't digital photos, but um, there's a little boy peering around the side of a doom buggy ahead of this person, looking right at them. They claim that there weren't any kids in line ahead of them to get on this ride. Cause they would have seen the little boy in line getting on the doom buggy and there was no kid. So that's weird if that's true. This part of the ride is also very dark. So someone in a buggy ahead of the guest wouldn't be able to see them. So the fact that the little boy seems to be looking right at the person who took the photo is kind of creepy. The camera, uh, was in infrared mode, but being that it's, you know, from 2004, the photo is grainy, but I will post it on Instagram, you can see for yourself, it's real creepy. Also in the Haunted Mansion, uh, cast members claim that they can hear giggling in the ride after it's closed, hard no on that. (laughs) I would wet myself and immediately run away. I don't care how cool the job is. That is terrifying. Um, They also say that they hear someone mimicking the come back soon recording at the end of the ride. So at the end of the ride, the whole ride is narrated and at the end the narrator says come back soon, like implying that you're gonna die and come back and be a ghost. So, cast members hear someone mimicking this after the ride closes. Fuck no! No. Uh, There's really no information about who this kid might be, where he might have come from, if he really exists at all. There's uh, no evidence that anybody has died uh, in the Haunted Mansion ride. So, in one part of the Haunted Mansion, there's a, uh, like a tableau, like a scene set up that's supposed to be a seance. Um, and there is a spell book on the table. This is where Madame Leota is. She's the lady, the old woman whose head floats in the crystal ball. Um, but next to her is a spell book. Supposedly, this book was a real 14th century book of witchcraft. Cast members reported having trouble keeping the book where they placed it. It would move around, seemingly on its own. It would be knocked over, or the entire entire table would be turned over. They'd find it in other parts of the ride. Uh, The book was eventually replaced with a fake book, and the activity stopped. Creepy! Uh, now moving on to Tomorrowland, the, what is objectively the most boring ride in the entire park, the People Mover of all things. Now, um, if you have never been to Disney, this is a ride that is sort of like, um, like a train. Like when you go to an amusement park and there's like a little kitty train that doesn't really go anywhere or do anything, it's just a thing that you ride around on and look at stuff. That's what the People Mover is, except that it's elevated, so you can see more of Tomorrowland and more parts of the park as you're going through, Um, as you're riding on the People Mover. It also goes through some of the rides, like Space Mountain, and there are... Scenes set up specifically for people riding on the people mover, and in Space Mountain, it's like, you know, a space themed like adventure. There's like astronauts. It's it's cool, and I like that Disney took the time to put these details in specifically for the people mover because that's kind of the only reason to ride the ride, anyways. And it's also really nice because if you've been walking around in the hot-ass Florida sun, it's nice to just kind of chill out for a few minutes, and there's never a line, like, if you want to go on the pee-poo mover, you can get right on. So there's a story that a kid died on this ride. He was jumping between cars, being an asshole, and something happened. I don't know if he got run over or if he fell or what the deal was. But cast members credit him with ride malfunctions and the opening of emergency doors at inopportune times. Um, like when nobody should be near an emergency door, an emergency door gets opened. Uh, guests have reported cold spots and hearing voices. Voices. Voices when the ride is otherwise empty. I don't know about y'all, but phantom voices are the things that fuck me up the most. Like, if somebody is talking, I want to be able to see the person who is saying the words. Just me? Anybody? So, near Liberty Square is uh, one of the original attractions to the park, Tom Sawyer Island. It is... A really interesting place because it's basically just like a big obstacle obstacle course set up for kids to run around and explore. And um, it there's, there's no real, it's not like a ride. It's just a place where you can go and like run around. I haven't been to Tom Sawyer Island in a really long time because I went once when I was a kid and it creeped me out. This is the one attraction in Disney that Always seems to be empty or closed for some reason. Um, but the whole premise of this island is that you can like cross a little bridge and go into Tom uh, Mark Twain's world and hang out with Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, right? So guests report eerie feelings immediately upon entering the island, and that is kind of the feeling that I got when I went there, and. To be fair, I was a teenager when I went, but that was the overwhelming feeling that I walked away from Tom Sawyer Island with. Just an eerie, unsettling feeling. It's a, like a, I mean, being in the woods, it's a shadowy and quiet place, which ups the eeriness factor. But I also remember there didn't seem to be, like, birds chirping or, um you know, the sound of insects or whatever. It's just just not there. It's also really weird because there are so many people, like, in the park and you can't hear that from the island. It's like you don't hear what's going on elsewhere. Like, it doesn't exist. I don't know. It's creepy. People also report seeing shadow figures in the tunnels, um, which, again, would scare the hell out of me. The last ghost at Magic Kingdom is actually Roy Disney. Now, Walt Disney died before Disney World could be opened. It was several years away from completion when Walt died. So, Roy Disney, his older brother, picked up the mantle and finished the park. It was sort of his um last gift to Walt, and he died shortly after. Um the park was opened, but people claim that they see Roy Disney walking down Main Street USA during parades and fireworks shows. And they say that he has a look on his face that indicates that he is having a very good time and likes seeing people enjoy the fruits of his labor. Um, which that is kind of a sweet thing to think. Like wouldn't it be great if you could come back after you die and watch people enjoy your legacy? I think that would be cool. And it's it's just cute. So uh, let's move on to Epcot. Epcot was opened in 1981. It's the second park that uh, opened at Disney World. And here, there are stories of a little girl with blonde hair and a young boy playing together near Spaceship Earth. That's the big silver glow ball that they use as their logo. And when you think about Epcot, this is the thing that you think of, the glo- uh, Spaceship Earth. Um, these two kids also supposedly ride through Spaceship Earth together, because there's actually a ride in there. Uh, when someone approaches them and offers to help find their parents, these kids disappear. There's no evidence that any kids have died in this area, but the legend persists. Um, And like all the other parks, there have been reports of shadowy figures wandering around at night, phantom sounds, uh, the same kind of things that you hear with the other parks. But there's no evidence that anybody has ever died in Epcot. So on to Hollywood Studios. Um, this used to be called MGM Studios. Um, but you know, there was a whole branding thing and now it is just Disney's Hollywood Studios. My favorite ride in Hollywood Studios is, of course, the Tower of Terror. Legend has it that a cast member died while he was working on this ride. Now he haunts his old loading area, complete with bellhop uniform and helps people enter the ride. It tells them where to sit and whatever, doing his old job. Uh, People also see him on the ride when they're leaving. Nobody knows who this gentleman is or why he's there. Guests have reported seeing ghostly figures and phantom mist in the boiler room area of this ride. Um, There also is no logical reason for this. Personally, I suspect Rod Serling has something to do with it. Why wouldn't he? (laughs) So Animal Kingdom is the final park. This park was opened in the 90s. And there actually aren't any reports of ghostly activity in this park yet. Now, the hotels and the water parks. Hold on to your butts. There is a lot of stuff going on in these hotels. There is also the Transportation and Ticket Center. Um, this is the area where you can go to, if you're not staying on Disney property, uh, you can park your car at the Transportation and Ticket Center. And they have buses and ferries and the monorail. And they'll take you anywhere on Disney property. And it's really convenient because you can pay once to park instead of parking at each individual park. So you pay once And you leave your car and just go have fun. And at the end of the day, you come back, get in your car, and you go home. My most feared phenomena is black-eyed kids. Or black-eyed children, however you want to say it. The legend of black-eyed children scares the ever-loving shit out of me. It is, like one of only two things that I find so absolutely terrifying that I don't even like talking about it. And of course, of course, there are black-eyed children supposedly wandering around the parking lot at the Transportation and Ticket Center at night. They supposedly lurk in the parking lot and approach people as they're walking back to their vehicles at night after the parks have closed. They demand rides. They harass people to get in their cars. Um, and, like, even if there wasn't a paranormal element to this phenomena, I, f- I would still be creeped out because why are kids hanging out and harassing people in a park or a parking lot? I mean, it's just, it's, go home. Where are your parents? And the idea that they, these are like some kind of paranormal, supernatural creature that is p- masquerading as kids, and we don't actually know what they are, what they want, or what they do. Hard no. No, thank you. No. But if you're in the parking lot at the Transportation and Ticket Center at night, watch out. Don't let them in your car. Don't take them anywhere. So now, I'm going to tell you about personal experience at the Contemporary Hotel. This is the hotel that's sort of like shaped like a trapezoid. It's the ugliest hotel I've ever seen in my life. This was like the 1970s vision of what a futuristic hotel would look like. So when you walk into the Contemporary uh, all the rooms lie in the outside walls, and it's just a big atrium in the middle. And there are a bunch of different floors, and there are restaurants and shops and, um, you know, stuff like that where you can go, and there's, like, a little coffee shop. So you can, like, actually spend time in this hotel, even if you're not staying there. And, uh, on the first floor is one of the, most popular restaurants uh in the whole resort it's called chef mickey's they do like a Mickey like a classic disney character mickey mini Donny donald daisy breakfast where you can like go and eat a buffet breakfast and you get to hang out with the characters while you eat and it's really cool the characters come around and they'll hug you and sign autographs or whatever and um I have to admit that the character meals that I've had at Disney have been amazing, and I love them. So I was in Disney World with my family, <clears throat> the same family I went with this last time. We went four years ago. And uh my niece at the time was only eight months old. My nephew is six. It was really cute watching my tiny niece and my little nephew like look at the characters and and be really excited about about all the stuff so so we decided to go to Chef Mickey's and have breakfast now we stayed on property but we were at a different hotel than the contemporary so we had to take several forms of transportation to get to the contemporary and i had left the hotel Um, after the rest of my family, because I I don't remember why, I think I was the last one that they let get in the shower, and I wasn't ready to go yet, so I was running late. So I was already irritated, and I had the uh, monorail goes right into the inside of the contemporary. So I had taken the monorail over from the Magic Kingdom, and. The monorail platform is on the floor above Chef Mickey's. So we had pulled into the station in the Contemporary, and I was relieved, like, okay, I'm finally here. I'm not that late. It's fine. Whatever. So I get out of the monorail, and I'm walking down the, like, platform area to exit, and I start heading over to Chef Mickey's on the bottom floor. But while I'm walking, I'm totally in my head, thinking about other things, but I can feel somebody watching me. You know, that sort of prickly feeling you get on the back of your neck when you feel like you're being watched? Well, I had that. So I tried to shake it off. Like, there's people everywhere. Nobody's looking at you, Teresa. Just stop. But I I could not shake it. So I paused for a second, and I looked around to see if maybe somebody was actually staring at me. And on the opposite side of the hotel, on one of the balconies, I saw a little kid. Um, He could not have been more than six or seven. He was about the same age as my nephew was at the time. And he was just standing on the balcony with this red... Mickey Mouse balloon staring at me. And it was the creepiest thing that I have ever seen in my life. And at the time, I was like, what? Why is this kid alone just staring at people like a creeper? Where are his parents? Obviously, like, this is a co- common thread with me. Like, if there are creepy children around, the first thing I want to know is where the parents are, right? So he was standing outside of a room and he was just staring. And the balloon that he had, I remember thinking to myself, that is so weird because it was one of the old-style Mickey balloons. And I'm gonna, I like, I have a lot of privilege saying this. I've been to Disney World a crap ton of times. I remember when they discontinued those Mickey head balloons and they replaced them with something more fancy that cost twice as much money. It was like, ages ago that they did this. It was a latex balloon just in the shape of a Mickey head, nothing fancy, whatever. Um, They came in basic primary colors. You know, you could get them in any park at any vendor until they discontinued them. They've changed the style a few times um, and You know, the one now is, like I said, way fancier and way more expensive. So that's the part of this whole thing, other than the staring, that really struck me as being unusual. But I, like, I was busy. I didn't have time to stop and think about it. I kind of brushed it off as like, oh, Disney must be doing a promotion, like a throwback thing. They do that stuff all the time. And at the time, it was some kind of, I think it was like the 35th anniversary of the opening of cat or something, and like you know, I just brushed it off and chalked it up to that. You know, it's plausible that the kid just scored a limited edition balloon. But weirder than the balloon thing, though, I think, was the fact that he was staring at me. Like, there were tons of people around. Like, there's tons of people everywhere in Disney World. And this kid was staring at me. So I just kind of, like, when kids are creepy and they're you know, staring at me, whatever. I tend to just give them a little smile and a wave, just kind of acknowledge them. And then it stops being weird, right? They Then they like interact with me a little bit instead of just staring at me. So I did this to this kid. I gave him a little wave and a smile and like went out of my merry way and went to meet my family for breakfast. I-, I had sort of an unsettled feeling for the rest of the day, even though I was trying not to think about it. But it was just one of those things where, like, it sort of gets under your skin, right? And then I completely forgot about it by the time I got home. Well, a few years later, I was listening to a a paranormal podcast, and I honestly do not remember which one. I listened to so many. But the topic of this episode, of this podcast, was Disney World. And towards the end of the episode the hosts mentioned that there's a little boy who haunts the contemporary with a red balloon. And I, at that moment, I got that same eerie, unsettled feeling. Like, how in the unholy hell was I looking at a ghost and I had no idea? So, in this episode, they talked about the other stuff that this little boy is supposed to do. The staring is super common, apparently. He's also been, um, like, done a lot of really terrifying stuff. Like, uh, there was one story where a mother and daughter were walking through the hotel on their way to the monorail, and they saw him. And they, like me, didn't really pay him any attention and just kept going to where they were going. As the train left the station, the train is moving, (laughs) the little boy appeared at the window where they were standing and appeared to be screaming at them that is that is terrifying that like that gives me chills right now even just talking about it so there are other you know occasional reports of hauntings at other hotels but nothing as concrete as this creepy ass red balloon kid but there is an abandoned water park at Disney World that's supposed to be haunted. Now, I had no idea that, uh, there was an abandoned water park. This is, this is new to me, even though I love Disney. So it was Disney's first water park ever. It's called River Country. It opened in June of 1976. And, uh, you know, it was a hit, obviously, because it's Disney and water parks in Florida are super popular. It had sort of a a rustic wilderness, big Thunder Mountain kind of vibe with man-made rocks and fake wood and a swimming hole and uh, was supposed to be sort of Huck Finn-esque to be the complement to Tom Sawyer Island in the Magic Kingdom. Now, this place was a hit for years. Uh, It was the only water park that Disney had until 1989 when they opened Typhoon Lagoon which is way bigger, had better parking, and was just generally a much more advanced water park. A couple years after that, Blizzard Beach opened, and then that's even bigger, with even more parking, and even more advanced than Typhoon Lagoon. Now, with these two objectively much better, much cooler, much newer water parks opening, attendance at River Country dwindled to almost nothing. And in 2001 the park closed. At the time, they said indefinitely. And there was some hope that like, they were going to refurbish it or whatever. That didn't happen. It sat empty for four years before they announced that it is officially permanently closed forever. And a kind of a weird thing is that the park remained mostly intact after being closed. They drained one of the pools, but the rest of the structures, the slides, the... Man made rocks, all left there to rot and be reclaimed by nature. And it became a popular place for urban explorers, which is where so many stories of these hauntings come from. In 2018, Disney announced that they were going to be building a new resort on the land uh, previously occupied by River Country. And construction actually did start in 2019 uh, with a supposed opening date of 2022. But, you know, there was a little global pandemic for people to worry about, so construction stopped completely, and they haven't officially announced um, when the new opening would be. It's sort of on hold indefinitely. While this water park was open, there were three deaths recorded at the place. All little kids. One died from some kind of, like, Brain eating amoeba bacteria. Uh, I couldn't find the actual name of the bacteria, but it's apparently really common in ponds in Florida. Maybe this is where Florida man comes from. Maybe they, he's got this bacteria that eats his brain. I don't know. New theory. Think about it. Anyways, other people have died from the same disease, but they caught it from other water parks, not a Disney water park and then the other two deaths that was one kid and the other two kids that died there died of drowning. Now, urban explorers have reported seeing uh, apparitions of children and shadow figures in the park. There's also reports of phantom noises like crying, screaming, moaning, unintelligible words, and the most common report is of a foreboding feeling, like there's something in that place that does not want intruders. Like, the rest of the Disney parks, hotels, green spaces even, have, like, a really warm, really inviting sort of vibe. Like, that's kind of what Disney does, is, like, have that really welcome-to-our-home sort of vibe. Like, give us thousands of dollars so that you can hang out in our home. And like, I understand that abandoned things are creepy, but the people reporting this are experienced urban explorers. They've been in tons of abandoned places. They know what to expect. So if they say that this has, this place has a weird, unpleasant vibe, I tend to believe them. There are, of course, outrageous and insane stories all over Reddit about river country. I take those with a heaping grain of salt. But if you're interested in reading some of these insane stories, Google is your friend. It will take you, you know, right to the insanity. Some are in uh, the subreddit for uh, the No Sleep subreddit, which, you know, you never know if that's fiction or fact. So uh, happy hunting. And if you're ever at Disney, Maybe try and go check out River Country and report back and let me know if it's as creepy as they say. So, we've taken a little stroll through Disney World and its haunted places. What do you think? Have you ever seen anything at Disney or gotten a weird feeling? I would absolutely love to know if you have stories about haunted Disney. Hit me up, email me, get in touch on social media. I, as always, have all my socials linked in the show notes. Slide into my DMs with these creepy Disney stories. I beg of you. Um, you can also send me an email. My email is in the show notes as well. So if you like this episode, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show, and I really appreciate it. Rate, review, share. Thanks for sticking with me and coming back. And uh, I am really glad that you're here. And until next time, stay scared.